0: This is Geek Gab with your hosts, John, Brian, and me, Daddy Warpig. We are back. Geek Gab for Saturday, January 21st, 2017. Today we are writing stoically with stoic writer, otherwise known as Justin, an author friend of, uh, of Brian. So he has brought on the show. To savage, mercilessly, and thoroughly embarrass, because that's the kind of cruel individual that Brian is. By the way, <laughs> uh, Justin, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks very much for having me. I'm pleased to be here.
0: The, um, fine, the bad news for the audience is I'm currently fighting something. I don't know what it is, it's something. And so I'm kind of out of it right now. I'm basically, um, I I am, my brain is going all kinds of directions. And so we are unfortunately, um, and I, I hate to break the hearts of our millions of screaming fans. Unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to participate very much today. So I will turn it over to the capable hands of Adornal, Brian, and Justin. And I'm going to sit back and let my voice... Rest for a long, long while. So, uh, uh, Dornall, why don't you why don't you take off? Hey,
1: thanks for coming on, Justin. Oh, thank you very much.
2: Uh, I'm not going to talk mu- much about recent geekenings as I'm too busy with my puppy and everything at home. But uh, I was mm-hmm. wondering what sort of uh, what sort of nerdy stuff have you been into lately?
1: Um, well, I'm currently writing my third, my oh, sorry, second book. Uh, which has taken up a lot of my time. Um, But in between that, I had quit gaming uh, for well since last year because of some of the stuff that was coming out. Um, So I turned my attention to comics because that was one of my first loves. And I've been writing a lot and speaking a lot about the way Marvel Comics had gone uh, in 2016. And it was not pleasant to watch. So that was the big one for me last year, besides starting uh, my second after I managed to get my first book on Amazon.
0: Now, so. um, normally we avoid like direct politics on the show, but I think mm-hmm. that what's, what was noticeable about Marvel's downfall, and they have apparently lost a huge chunk of sales because of their swerve, uh, into ideological territory. What was noticeable about it is not just the politics of it, but how absolutely horrible um, the stories and the dialogue and everything was. I mean, it's, it is unimaginably atrocious.
1: Yeah, um, because one of the main reasons I sort of started to write and talk about the whole comic scene ball was because... I could see the sales uh, through uh, this website's name escaping right now Um, because I'd started collecting uh, the all-new Wolverine series which is where X-23 has taken over the role because I thought it sounded like a good story but the story was lame the artwork was just same level and after the story art finished I got rid of it and you'd watch what had happened to all the other series and track them through the sales and you think this is not the company I recognize anymore. Uh, Especially when they put certain comments in their pieces like, you know, mansplaining um, and the comment in Wolverine about dudes on the internet not liking her very much. You'd think, come on, what the hell is this? And examples like Angela, Queen of Hell, which I know many still talk about, specifically the unsolicited opinions on Israel scene. Um, That was something I focused on quite heavily last year.
2: You know what strikes me about that? the, the way I see that that craziness that's coming out of mm-hmm. Marvel and all the other writers, I think they're trying to be a big company. Like a lot of big companies uh, are into pleasing as many people as possible and, and they feel like they've sort of read the tea leaves or, you know, gotten mm-hmm. uh, gotten, the, gotten the pulse of the culture, the zeitgeist, and, and they're like, well, what do people want? They want, you know, they, they like this, you know, liberal diversity sort of, thing yeah right? and it sounds like they they think they're trying to please you know this this big segment of the population they're trying to get with that culture and without realizing that in like in many cases it's just going to turn off a lot of the core audience that they originally had mm. People who, who want to see the fun adventure stories or 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 whatever else whatever you get out of an x-men book right yeah and and, and they get they get something else instead, and it's like, oh, this isn't for me. Well, that's yeah. a point that Dave Freer made during uh, said Puppies, which was that, yeah, he
3: accused the New York publishers of doing the same thing. And because they live in an isolated Manhattan bubble, everyone they know has his opinions, and so they reject that onto the rest of the country, right? But no realist will show that about. Fifteen percent of Americans identify as you know, extremely to the left, as we consider it here. Another fifteen percent or extremely to the right. So they're really turning off seventy percent.
1: Yeah, um, and of course, this was more than evident um, in the sales numbers. And in retrospect, I think it fired me up more to get my own work sorted and out there because I remember thinking a lot of times, you know, what I can write a better story than this. Um, so I managed to get nomads out last year and I thought to myself, I'll take a break and try and come up something. And sure enough, I came up with the idea for the second book about a couple of weeks after nomads came out. So I jumped straight into that and I'm working on it as as we speak. Uh,
2: so I'd like to ask about that because, you know, Brian's obviously familiar with you and what you're doing, but, um, could you, could you tell us a bit about your books?
1: Well, the first thing I put out on Amazon was a short story, and I think that was back in 2014, and that was about 20,000 words, and that was about uh, a small village by the sea populated by warriors of various classes, as it were, um, who came under attack from... I know it sounds a bit cliched but an attack from an ancient enemy of which they have to fight off in the space of one night or else they will lose the planet. Um, Nomads was... The, the story of a bunch of uh, survivors of a war that basically eradicates Earth almost that's set off into space to try and find um, a new home, as it were. You know, the old stop the planet, I want to get off meme. Except these guys actually did it. And they find a new planet to live on. But they don't realise that uh, there's life already on the planet and it's not happy with them living there. And the new one, which is working title, is called Penance. Um, is about the first way station that 's set up uh, just on the edge of our galaxy to help with uh, flights exploring beyond the galaxy and it centers on the first like group of regular working Joes that have to go out there and operate the whole thing
2: Ah, oh, that sounds like something I might read
1: well when I get it finished. <laughs> But, um, oh, yeah. um,
2: you, you don't have the history of this show. I don't read. <laughs> uh, oh, well, uh, Mr. I, I, Mr. Neenmeyer had to twist my I, arm and, and get, uh, get me to read his, uh, the books that he came out with, which are very good. You should buy them.
1: I have, I've got, uh, all three of them on my Kindle. Um, I'm halfway through Netherial, and then I'm going to just plow straight into Soul Dancer and then the Secret Kings. But, um, one of the things I wrote about in my blog towards the end of the year was uh, as a high point because I did highs and lows of last year. One of the high points was Brian winning the Dragon Award because uh, I knew the struggle that he went through to through via his nomination, via getting um, Shadow banned on Twitter and so forth. So I was rooting for him when I found out, and when he got it, I was overjoyed. So I mentioned it in uh, the uh, in my blog as a little nod towards him because I'm enjoying Ethereal. As it is, and my wife has read all three already, I believe. So, yeah, I I am definitely working my way through them.
0: Um, is there anyone in particular that whose writing um, inspires you, or uh, has it been an influence on
1: your work? Dean Koontz, he was one, um, because when I was. Uh, child in the 80s, my grandmother bought me a book of his for Christmas one year. I think it was 1984, and it was a book called Odkins, which is now out of print, sadly. You can find copies on eBay, but um, the hardcover, which is the one I've got, it's out of print. And it's about a a toy maker that has the gift of uh, breathing life into his toys once he's made them. But he gets old and he passes on, but he informs the toys that a new toy maker has been given the gift of life. So they have to um, go out into the dark and stormy city to find her. But um, because the toy makers died, all the evil toys that are locked up in the basement come to life. And they set off to track down the good toys and kill them. I've never actually so, heard of that one. And I've read a yeah, lot of kids. Uh, I'd never heard of it either. I don't think you see it advertised in any of his collections. Uh, but I've also read stuff like his of uh, Watchers, uh, Twilight Eyes. That was a good one. Uh, Dragon's Tears. Lightning Road one of my favorites. Yeah. Um, so Dean Koontz was definitely one. Terry Pratchett was another. Um, I read a lot of his stuff, and I actually wrote to him. Uh, when I was a teenager about advice for writing and he actually replied um, I still have the letter uh, in a little slipcase uh, by the side of my bed uh, and that was I think in the 90s that I got that but I'd say those were the, the main two nowadays I've discovered the likes of Larry Career, obviously Brian here um, a couple of others but I do stick with a lot of indie authors nowadays because not only are you guaranteed a decent product, in my eyes, but they don't charge the Earth for it as well, unlike some authors out there.
3: Well, you're not the only one. <laughs> By the way, apparently I was having my trouble. Um, I, I did want to thank you for your kind comments earlier. And uh, what a coincidence. We had the same high point last year, it turns out. Mm. It me winning the Dragon Ward. But yeah, well done, gentlemen. Uh, Justin and Dornall, your parents will be released... Uh, whole and intact Yeah, mm. my
2: word thank goodness but,
1: uh, yeah but that's the, the, my, my main focus on is just to get Penance finished um, but because I, lo- I don't look back on Nomads kindly because I do think in places I rushed it or I didn't spend enough time on certain characters so I said to myself with Penance I was going to take a much more relaxed approach and get to know the characters thoroughly before the "Quote unquote, shit hit the fan. And um, so far, I'm doing that, I think. Excellent. But obviously, that would be uh, for people to judge when it comes out.
3: Well, and exactly. It is the fans who should judge the merit of a work, not some gatekeeper New York.
1: Mm, which is a bit of advice I think you gave to me um, when it came to publishing, Brian. Because, I to um, a lot
3: of people. <laughs> But no, go ahead. I, dis-
1: I decided a long time ago that I wanted to remain independent. Because um, hmm. after we did that stream uh, last year, where we talked about it. You had said to me it was the best way to do it. So I thought, you know what? That's the way I'm going to stick to it then. Because Nomads and Darkest Before Dawn were both independent. So I thought, well, I'll well will keep going, I think. Best way.
3: Brilliant, yeah. I, I stand by what I said. I'm glad hmm. that you're persevering with it. And... Don't get frustrated. It's the momentum, the consistency, building an audience. It can take time. You never mm-hmm. know when someone is going to go back and discover your first book. Like, for example, with me, I just recently had an ethereal breakthrough to a new audience, it seems, because I've had people on Twitter and Gab telling me, Wow, yeah, you know, I, I just found out about you. No, I've been hearing buzz about this book. Uh, my cousin, who goes to a university a couple states away, mm. had someone in his dorm come up to him and say, hey, are you related to the Brian Niemeyer who writes science fiction and fantasy? <laughs> and my cousin wasn't even fully aware of, of what I do. So he's like, I will have to check. <laughs> yes, yes, it turns out I am. <laughs> so it can take a while, but if you keep, yeah. dying, if you keep turning if people want to read, they'll find you.
1: Yeah, I mean, another gripe that uh, sort of you know, spurred me on doing my own stuff is just obviously some of the movies that came out last year. Um, because it was either reboots, remakes, sequels, prequels. And I sort of think, well, no one's really telling a new story or advancing a story. Um, I went to the cinema a t- twice last year, and that's a record low for me because there was just nothing coming out that... Um, it were um, i mean a lot of people got excited over rogue one i thought to myself i'm not remotely interested in seeing it because i don't think star wars needs any more prequel stories um, so i avoided that one yeah uh, one mean, thing i yeah sorry go on
2: no I, I wanted to i wanted to embellish on that point i mean just looking at a quick list of movies that came out last year mm. it, there are it, there's maybe fifty percent at best original movies um, that are any good, right? Like, like there's yeah. the, like Arrival was pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. The Disney stuff that isn't remakes, they t- they tend to be okay. Yeah, um, ha- Hail Caesar actually that was a pretty good movie.
1: Yeah. Passengers. Mm. Yeah. I mean, with and one that sort of wound me up was obviously. Uh, Star Wars, when I got right around to watching uh, A Force Awakens, I needed to have Force Unleashed there, Um, for a second time, and it just didn't hold up as well, and with obviously Rogue One coming out, and I thought, nah, I'm not interested in that, and then potentially seeing what Disney's going to do with this series, I thought, you know what, I think I'm just going to jump off Star Wars now, because it doesn't feel like the Star Wars I know anymore, but Woody Harrelson, Woody
0: Harrelson is in the uh, Indiana Jones prequel. He plays Indiana Jones' mentor.
1: Yeah, but again, it's it's another prequel. Uh, that doesn't I,
0: really, that doesn't that just doesn't cause pure adrenaline to be dumped into your bloodstream.
1: No, That's because something. <laughs> because I've always I've always had an issue with prequels because I thought, why do we need to know a story when we already know what happens in the end? You know, it's it's like um, with the X Men. Uh, trilogy we just had finished with Apocalypse um, you know that none of the main cast was going to die uh, and the only person they killed uh, in Apocalypse from the good guys I remember rightly was Havoc and even then that wasn't a big issue so now that I've seen all those films I'm not remotely bothered about watching any more of them because they won't risk killing off a major character because obviously fans will love them Um <sighs> You know, I I just don't feel like a lot of this content's being made for people of my generation anymore. It's for more for the new young crowd that don't know any better. Um, let me ask you this question. Is
0: there a a lot of writers I know kinda have a big project that they are edging around and they're planning out, but they haven't been able to actually start yet. And with Brian, that was his first three books. Um that was an ethereal so to answer and and so on and so forth um is there a is there a big project that you're edging around that you haven't uh even started writing yet because you're trying to get all your ideas lined up before you're ready to go
1: uh yes there is um back when i was in upper school or high school as it were i'd written my first book as i like to think of it Uh, it was called the arctic runner and I sent it to a publisher without realizing that they are a vanity publisher and you had to pay for the cost of all this yourself. And the publisher went into liquidation and the book never saw the light of day, even though it's advertised on Amazon still. Um, I had always wanted to um, rewrite it and get it out there so that I could say, you know what, there it is finally the way I want it to be. But I started doing it a long time ago, but then I just stopped because part of me didn't have the heart to do it, and the other half of me got rider's blocks. I thought, I just can't do it right now. And it's still sitting on my hard drive. I've laid out a lot of it in one of my notebooks somewhere, but I just don't know if I wanna go back at it or not. Um, So it's kind of a, a bit of a painful one for me to look at, but at the same time, there's part of me that wants to get it out there.
3: And that's fine. And you know what? When the time is right, you'll be ready. Mm. So don't. my advice is don't try to force yourself to work on it right now. You, for one of a better word, you got, you got to wait for your news. Yeah. You've got to wait for the ideas. Because, you know, over here, what you want to say changes. And you just might not have had the message you want to say percolate and kind of gel in your brain yet. Mm. But it'll be there waiting for you.
1: Mm. My... My oldest daughter, she loves fantasy books, and she wants me to write a fantasy series. I was looking for, you know, a fantasy is really not my thing. Uh, and she goes, yeah, sure is, Dad. You can put dragons and elves and, <laughs> uh, and and werewolves and vampires. And I went, no, this isn't some bloody Twilight book. Um, so that that's, the, that's the, that was the one that I am edging around, so to speak, because... I want it to see the light of day the way I intended it to, but at the same time, it's very painful for me to look at it because of what I went through as a kid with that thing. So that's the best answer I can give on that one.
3: No, good answer. I mean, yeah. Mm. Manly publishers, man, they're probably the only thing worse than the big five. Yeah. So my heart goes out to you.
1: Um, but again, that was, I suppose, uh, a mistake by, uh, lack of knowledge on my part back in the day, um, because I really should have looked into it. But I was a young, impatient teenager that wanted to get something out of and say, "Look, I'm a writer." But in the end, my impatience bit me on the ass. Um, uh, I mean, it made it was made worse because when um, my I only had two children, um, we went round my brother's old house, and my brother, being my brother, he kept a copy of it in the toilet. Um, I don't know why, <laughs> actually I've got a pretty good idea and um, the kids went in there to go to the toilet and one of them found it and they brought it back into the front and then my son went, dad, did you write this? and I went, oh. <laughs> yeah, but it was a long time ago and he went, cool and he walked off to flick through it and I said to my brother, you kept that thing in the toilet? <laughs> and he went, over at a so he went, yeah, i put a few things in there and that's all I got out of him so yeah, it's, well, I suppose that's the funny side to that story, I guess.
3: That is a lovely story, as I mean,
1: it kind of shows you something
3: <laughs> to readings, right? Because that's why you keep it in there—is you got yeah. five minutes to kill and something to read.
1: Yeah, I mean, so at my, least
3: it's been read.
1: I suppose. I mean, my brother's a very—he's a funny one like that because I—I I try to get him interested in my written work, but. First of all, he's a truck driver. He doesn't get much time to read. and He's big on audiobooks. And second of all, when I told him how much the, the stuff was, which wasn't very expensive, he'd say go, that's too expensive. He just won't go near it. Mm. Oh, it's like, thanks, dude. <laughs> um, which is part of the reason why I intend on doing a Kickstarter to get the funds to um, get an audiobook done of penance. So at least I know he'll hear it. So, yeah, <laughs> well,
0: there you go. So, with your first book, what was the big idea behind the
1: book? Um, I do you remember the Marvel series, uh, What If? Yes, yes. It came from that because I just I've not long uh, come from a convention uh, called Nicecon, which is held in my hometown of Bedford, and I was a big uh, fan of the Marvel character Deathhead. Uh, he was out when I was a kid, and they. One of their stupid moves is they killed him off and the writer, Simon Furman, he got the chance to revisit the character in an issue of uh, what if issue 54, which is called what if death said one had lived and I loved the issue. So I took it to him and I, he signed it for me. Um, and I was just looking at it one day thinking of various, what if type ideas in my head, because I love a good alternative sort of timeline idea. And, um, one of the thoughts that was in my head was, what if a Star Wars style story happened and Han and Leia uh, got, had to escape because the rebellion lost? What if they had to travel to a distant world and quietly fade away and live a peaceful life? And I and I sat there and, you know, that look in house uh, where he sits there and he suddenly has the epiphany of what's wrong with the patient. I sat there in my chair with that look on my face and my wife was staring at me thinking, hmm, what's he doing? And I suddenly jumped up and grabbed my notebook, and I, I pretty much wrote the prologue, uh, a rough draft of the prologue for the Nomads in it. And I ran over and gave it to her and said, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think? And, she ran and she went, okay, i would read that. Gave it <laughs> back to me. So I ran upstairs and just started writing it. Um, and that was how that came to be, really. It went, numerous, went through numerous changes over the, the months that I wrote it, as a lot of these do, I'm told. But um, yeah, that was how, how that idea came about
3: yeah really just asking what if what, what if this one thing changed what if I just twist this one thing mm. man, that's ninety percent of the inspiration that goes into science fiction right there so yeah
1: the right track. but i I love stories where it's um, regular people in extraordinary circumstances because another reason why I had such a massive distaste to Marvel last year was because I think superhero stories have been done to death now and there's really nothing more they can offer. So in my mind, the average man or woman on the street can probably have a better story told about them than a superhero can because it's part of the reason why I'm loving independent comics now because with these stories, the characters are at risk because a lot of times they're just regular people. Uh, whereas with superheroes, if they kill them off, you know they're going to bring them back at some point. So it's it's not really a... There's no threat to the story, which is part of the thing about Nomads. And with Penance, it's going to be the same thing for me. I'm going to have these people at risk, and who knows what will happen. I haven't lined out the last part of it yet, but I've already sort of made uh, a kill list, as it were, of who lives and who dies.
3: <laughs> I like it. I love that. Also, yeah, listener on me in the chat, actually, a uh, listener and on me in the chat wonders what uh, Justin's opinion of extreme death's head 2 is.
1: Oh, blimey, uh, that was the blue one with the horns, wasn't it? <laughs> so. um, yeah, I'm gonna go with what Simon Furman said and say that wasn't death's head, um, that was a <sighs> They turned him into a regular hero. Deathhead would only do stuff uh, for money. And in one case of a story, when the, t- when the timer ran out on his client, he just stopped fighting and walked off um, because, you know, they, he had to bill his client or something like that. But with Deathhead head too, he was more heroic. And I, I, I read it for a while, but after they cancelled it, I, I wasn't too bothered because I thought it's, it is a shame, but that wasn't Deathhead. head.
0: Well,
3: um, yeah, the chat seems to agree.
1: Yeah.
0: We are uh, down to the last couple minutes of the show. Um,
1: so before we go, um, I want to give you a chance to say whatever you want. Well, um, when the book is finished, I'll be doing a Kickstarter uh, to get the funds for the proper editing, which hopefully be Brian here, um, pay for covers and the audio book. So... When it's about, do take a look if it's interesting to you. If not, I appreciate your thoughts anyway. But uh, Nomads is currently on Amazon, so is Darkest Before Dawn, and keep your eyes peeled for Penance. Thanks very much. And uh, I'm gonna uh, get a
0: link an Amazon.com link to Nomads, um, and uh, drop that into the description of the video so you guys can uh, you guys can check that out. Um, any last words, Dornell?
2: Well, thanks for coming on, Justin. It was great talking to you here and some things about your uh, books.
1: Join us again soon. I'd love to. We'd love to have you. Thanks very much.
3: So everybody out there, hey. he's an up-and-coming independent author trying to do right by youth readers. Support him.
0: Do you have a, do you have a blog or anything, or do you, do you just mostly do it on Twitter?
1: I have a blog. It's um, called Stories uh, from My Grandmother's Floor, um, which was when I first started writing stories because it was uh, <laughs> on the floor of my grandmother's home. She gave me a pad and a pen to keep me quiet um, so she could listen to her uh, TV. Um, and that was essentially uh, how I, well, where I write most of my stuff at the moment. Um, I've got uh, various posts there, usually on comics and so forth, movies occasionally, but I do keep updates on um, my writing, uh, which feel free to read and comment on. The blog is essentially, it was just for my own views. I wasn't trying to be anything big with it, but uh, it does have a a good uh, readership of about 200 plus hits a day, which is nice. Thank you very much. It's
3: entertaining.
0: For those of you that are... uh, Wondering, I do have links to um, to both uh, Grandma's Floor and uh, Nomads in the description right now, so those of you in the chat can go ahead and click on them and see them, and then uh, they'll still be there for everybody else. Um, all right, well, uh, I appreciate uh, appreciate you coming on, Justin, um, and uh, we look forward to your to your second book. Um, and uh, I apologize; it couldn't be a, a better conversation list before the show
1: started. But <laughs> no that's what it is. I'm very pleased to be on here. So, thanks very much for having me. I've been listening to the show for a little while now. Um,
0: thanks for tuning in, guys. Thanks for uh, jumping in the chat with us. By the way, uh, Geek Gab is available on the iTunes Music Store uh, as a podcast. It's available on SoundCloud. It's available in the Google Play Store. Just do a search for Geek Gab. Or, of course, you can listen to us on. Um, youtube live and jump in the chat and uh ask questions and stuff and uh, that is on youtube.com slash geek thanks for tuning in folks uh we uh we're leaving you for today to head out and do our various things but don't worry don't you fret we will be back